Hi, everybody. Welcome to another spooky movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Albert, and who's reanimating the dead with me tonight? I'm Bill Tucker, plagiarist. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Alberton. I get nothing. Welcome oh. back, both of you. Uh, so this movie was not my idea. <laughs> this is actually thanks to the Patreon. You guys voted for this movie because apparently people don't like listening to me talking on a radio show. We blame both. <laughs> <laughs> I claim I claim no responsibility for this at all. None. It was None. your choice. I still I I claim no responsibility, and here's why. Because when I when I posit to this, I so for those who are on the Patreon who voted, and if you're not on Patreon, please do so. Patreon.com slash or just look up games my mom found on Patreon. I got to pick two movies for for this, and Tiff got to pick two. And Tiff picked Nightmare on Elm Street and Poltergeist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Great movies. Classics <laughs> of the genre. Excellent movies. I would have loved to watch either one of those. I pick The Witch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking, I might actually watch Nightmare on Elm Street again just because, oh, I, I should watch that again. So I pick The Witch because I know Mike likes Silence of the Lambs. It has a very similar vibe, a similar feel. It's kind of slow paced. It's, it is terrifyingly, it's beautifully made. It's a great movie. But then I pick Reanimator. Now, when I before I put on list, I say, Mike, look, look, Mike. I want to, I want to put, I want to put Reanimator on the list. But if you don't want me to, that's fine because there's lots of triggers. You put a veto in it? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, Mike. (laughs) Exactly. I bear no responsibility in this. I gave no responsibility. It's all your fault, Michael. I gave Mike every opportunity to pull out of this because I would have then put on the thing. Which wouldn't uh, have been as bad as this. The thing is a classic, right? That's yeah. That was my first horror movie. <laughs> yeah, the thing, nostalgic. Wow. First one. So um, that was and... three, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm concerned about letting my son watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, and he's five, <laughs> and you watched The Thing at three. So I told Mike said there's triggery stuff in this. It's pretty extreme, but I think it'll make for a really good conversation and a good show. But you can get out of this. And he said no. <laughs> put it on. And I didn't think anyone would vote for it, but your listeners have great taste. <laughs> they all voted for Reanimator, and here we are, where we're set. Yeah, you can. So I, mean, I think I, I want to say you had warned me also beforehand. You're like, yeah, don't watch this movie while eating. And, and he he did not relay that to me. I forgot. So we're eating tamales, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, we should eat first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, we should eat first. I'm not usually squeamish, but I'm like. Mm, this is way too close to what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had to pause it and eat first. <laughs> this movie came out in 1985 also, which and you can feel the 1985 all in this movie. Oh, yeah. Lots of 85 in this. Yes. Oh, and we should warn we might get into a few things about rape and sexual assault because there's a really a few. Well, one. Lots. Yeah, but there's this. Yeah. So even Warren, we're also going to talk about brutality, I guess. People being murdered. So you've been warned. Okay. You have been warned. (laughs) Yeah, you've been warned. All sorts of warnings. Everything you can think of. And don't watch the movie. That's a warning there, too. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. And we'll we'll talk about it in in length. I know, Mike, this was your first experience with Reanimator. Tiff, had you have you seen this before? No, I had never seen it. Oh, you so were both... I was excited for it because it was on the list. I had never seen this one. Oh, okay, cool. Well, sorry to both of you. Actually, no, I'm not because you saw a, a great movie. A 
I I saw this originally. So when I lived in New York, and I might have said this story before on the show. When I lived in New York, I had a friend who uh, worked at a bar in the meatpacking district. It was like a really kind of bougie wine bar. And for some reason, they were having a bad movie night, and she asked me to host it. Uh, so I got to pick two movies for this bad movie night, and there's like a trivia between the two, et cetera. I forget what the first one was, but then I picked Reanimator for the second. And just based off of reputation alone, I have never seen it. I just say, you know, people say this is like a good, bad movie. <laughs> 30 minutes in, it's being screamed in a public place in a bar. People are trying to sip wine oh, God. <laughs> nicely and trying to just having a nice evening during this bad movie night. And of course, Reanimator is happening. And 30 minutes in. Did anybody puke? <laughs> I don't know. I It was the second movie, and in those days, I was drunk all the time. I was probably very drunk. I don't remember. A, I remember a lot of this because it sticks with you, but the circumstances, I don't. 30 minutes in, though, I do remember saying, oh, no, this is actually a really good movie. I mistakenly picked a good movie for a bad movie night because this is actually very, very good for what it's trying to do. But we'll we will talk about it at length momentarily. So that was my first experience. Very probably very drunk off of red wine, trying <laughs> attempt, attempting to host a bad movie night at a at a wine bar in a meatpacking district. So that's what I. I did. <laughs> this is actually an adaptation of its. The full title is H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. Has anyone ever read Lovecraft before? We got Lovecraft fans here. I don't know. No. Not me. No. Yeah. Okay. I stay it's, away from his work. But. I for <laughs> for reasons everyone should be aware of. Yeah. Well, I just stay away from work because. It's 18th century, I want to say, or early 19th century. That's actually early 20th century. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm 1900s. What am I, idiot? I just never got into it. I just, I was, I guess, I was never given a book at the right time where I would have read it. And later on, I found out he was a racist asshole, and I've lost interest. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's, oh. it's, it's also okay to say he's a published racist and, uh, and xenophobe, and you know, it's that's perfectly fine too. He's one of those authors that, for some reason, we haven't canceled. I don't know. I guess we just love ourselves some Lovecraft, but. This is a uh, adaptation, a very loose adaptation of Reanimator, which I have read. Reanimator is like C-level Lovecraft. It's not very good. It's actually a story that was a series of stories he wrote for 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 hire. He's got paid five bucks a story, you know, kind of just trying to pay the rent <laughs> kind of thing. He's he, he doesn't like it at all. He didn't like the way it had to be framed and split up into six pieces and all that. This is loosely based. I mean, basically, a guy reanimates bodies and body parts, and his name is West. That's really the only ties it has <laughs> to the source material. But this is also directed by Stuart Gordon. I believe this was his first movie. He went on to do a lot of different movies of this sort. Most a lot of bad movies? <laughs> no, they're, they're they're movies of a similar ilk. If you, I guess you consider them bad if you don't if you don't like this sort of thing. Oh, he did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He did Dolls. Oh, that's right, he did do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's right. But he wrote it. He wrote it. He didn't direct it. But he most famously after Reanimator, he did From Beyond. So if you like this movie and you want to see more of the same, check out From Beyond. It's actually a little grosser from a body horror perspective. But there's no rape in it as far. Oh wait. There is rape. I shouldn't say that. There is lots of weird sexual stuff coming on. It's the 80s. I mean, I don't agree with it. It doesn't need to be in this film, but I get it because it's 1985 and Pornhub didn't exist at that time. So I guess you need <laughs> to get your weird kinks off watching this bad movie with a bunch of boobs all the time. So I don't know. I mean, come on. Look how many boobs are in this movie. It's not that many. It's not that many. There's. I don't watch a lot of movies from the 80s. I should my, put that out there. My first comment was like, oh, they're trying to revive this lady, and all you see is her torso and her boobs. Like, you're not good enough to see her face, just your torso and your boobs. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> like, flapping as they're like, boom, boom, 
clear. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right, dude. That is. That right. was like yeah. right, right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was the first scene. So. And I think um, she came back too. I think she was reanimated. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, yeah, because she must have been. Cause she was in the morgue. So. Yeah. She, all of them got reanimated in the morgue. The headless, the headless scientist made it so. See all these weird things we're saying? This is actually... Now, here's my question before we get into the bits and pieces of this. No pun intended. <laughs> bits and pieces of this movie. Boo. Do you think... Boo. Yeah, here we Boo. Do you guys think of it as more of a horror movie or a comedy? I would say it's a horror movie. Straight up horror. I didn't laugh. I didn't enjoy myself. I, I mean, just wanted the movie was gone. There was... It, there was moments where it was like it was so bad it was comical, but I would still find it a horror movie. I would call it a horror comedy that's sixty percent <laughs> comedy, forty percent horror. In the vein of like an Evil Dead or something like that. I don't think it's as good as Evil Dead, but it's definitely it's so absurd, but really well done. This is a really well made movie for what it's trying to do. And again, we're gonna go through it as we kind of go through the beats of it. And I think the interesting question is, is like, where is the divide between horror and comedy? Talking about this with, with the well-read mage on his mage cast episode, we were talking about Maniac Mansion. And yes, I'm going to correlate Maniac Mansion to Reanimator. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not really. We were talking about the differences about where, why horror and comedy tend to have the same reaction. Like you go to a horror movie and people are laughing, right? That happens all the time. I had a dozen really good guffaws <laughs> at this movie. <laughs> really good ones. And I think the element, the linking element is surprise, right? Comedy is surprise and, and horror is surprise, right? You see someone's head pop off. You don't expect that. How does your body react to that? Usually with either revulsion or laughter, because what else are you going to do you know, when you watch <laughs> someone's head explode? So that's why I think this really works as a comedy. And there's purposeful comedy in this. Some of it downright slapstick and goofy Looney Tunes. But we will get oh, all that. It's just. It's so yeah. bad. Most of it involving the headless body. <laughs> the headless body is a, is is complete cartoon nonsense. Okay, <laughs> he is right though. If you think about, like, he puts on the whatever head he puts on and walks by the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that Doctor, is, something... is that you? Yep, that's me. <laughs> that is something out of a Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig try to get into the R-rated movie, you know, dressing up in a giant trench coat on each other's yeah, shoulders. Porky Pig didn't have his head cut off and put inside a jacket in a bowling bag with him in his bag. So. But how good is that? Like his but that head... would have been funny. That's great. It's again. Yeah, but... and... yeah go ahead. <laughs> but they'd be animated. This wasn't animated. So doesn't matter. It's close, I'm sure. <laughs> It's just barely at it. Yeah, right. This is barely filmed. <laughs> all right, so this will be interesting as I celebrate all the fun things in this, and Mike just groans in disgust and says how much he hates it. So, like the movie but, starts yeah. off like you're yes. you're in a hospital. You're in Zurich, Germany, I think it was. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah, and it's just like I'm like, okay, I got my attention. And you have this doctor. You know, he's trying to help somebody, the Herbert West main character. And right away, you have this guy that he's that you don't know what's happening on. You think you killed the doctor. The guy's eyes explode into like just bloodiness. <laughs> and the first thought I went through my head is, Oh my God, I'm thankful. Mike's not having to watch this crap. <laughs> he kept, I he thought kept that too. That several times. I'm so glad Mike's not watching this. I said the same. So mad. I wouldn't let him. I would not have let Mike watch this. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you're, you're, you know, sensibilities. I know you won't like it. He would be 
very, very upset. And I'm yes. like, I would no, no chance. I would not let him watch this. this <laughs> I was like, I, I think this might have been what we got to. And we're like, okay, we're done. We're going to eat that later. Yeah. We're, we're going to watch this later. <laughs> I was like, we should pause this. No, it was, they were doing something like drilling something in his head. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's right after this when, when they're when he's drilling into the guy's head in the, in the morgue. This is why this movie is so good. And this is an excellent open, right? It's it's establishing you within five minutes. Now, this movie got a very, very limited release. It was shown in some underground theaters. It was unrated. It never got rated. It did get rated eventually. It had to be cut down severely for rated R. It's, it was never rated, but you let's say you walk into a theater. This movie's letting you know in the first three minutes, this is what you're getting into. Hey, you ready? You see this head? His, eye, his eyeballs just blew out of his head and his face exploded in blood. You cool with this? Because you probably still have time to get your refund. You still have time. You should leave now. To punch out and go eat dinner with with the Albertons. The Albertons are dining. And that's a great choice. And it's it's actually one of the grosser things that happened in this movie as far as like visual effects. It literally works well. I mean, again, you get the eyes burst and uh, ugh, just really, really grody. Of course, we have our wonderful, fresh. wonderful Dr. Um, why is my brain not working? Herbert West. Thank you. Dr. Herbert, Dr. West, played by Jeffrey Combs, who is, I don't want to say genius level in this, but he is so good in this movie. It's astonishing. He's astonishingly good in this movie. He, um, he does do a good job playing this character I didn't like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so he, you didn't like him bringing people back to life? I didn't like anything about this movie. <laughs> it had one good part for me where I was happy and wanted to get up and clap, and that's when the credits came. <laughs> Other than that, I was just like, oh my god, get me out of here. But Jeffrey Combs was fine. Nah, he. What did you think about um, Jeffrey Combs as as the reanimator? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> no, he was... I don't know. I don't think I have an opinion. It was... The acting all over wasn't wonderful, but he did a really good job at his character. He is gobbling so much scenery. He chews every <laughs> ounce of scenery, and it is glorious. And that's kind of the tone of this movie is why these it works so well is because all these actors are putting everything they have into these roles. They are all working their ass off. They want to get paid, okay? <laughs> hey, listen, but you know what it is? And I think it's even more than that. I think I think a lot of that's credit to Stuart Gordon. And I don't know. I've never, you know, this movie was made, speaking of paid. This movie was made with next to no money, um, comparatively. <laughs> they had a budget of about $900,000, which oh, is well, nothing. Well, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I saw different things. Someone said 900000 one said $2 million, but I think nine hundred is where they were at. And that is next to nothing to make a feature <laughs> film body horror movie. Even in the 80s, because horror movies, you need special effects and you need a little more bank for that. And the makeup was just horrible. I couldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> Oh, it's across the board. Not good. I mean, there's some effective <laughs> gross out stuff, but that's why I think this this skews into the silly zone, because even all the gore and grossness, it's all extremely silly. And like, I was OK with the blood and stuff, but it was the makeup. Like one guy was flat out pink and I'm like, what happened to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> complaining about I, that yeah i was like why is he pink like did he get fried in a suntan bed what's happening right now it's the first guy they reanimate <laughs> the naked guy in the, there are a lot of naked guys completely in this movie. naked we we made sure we figured that out <laughs> <laughs> hey listen clothes cost money okay so <laughs> because I, I made a comment at one point when you have the first dead guy gets up and they reanimate him which we'll get into but 
I'm just like, oh, no, he's got something covered. Like, no, he's naked. And all of a sudden, yep, we see something dangling. I was like, like oh, taken. he's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> 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 That's why I couldn't see it. <laughs> it was just, oh, because I mean, again, I'm not used to watching movies in the 80s because I just, I have skipped a lot. Like, there were a couple things that, especially in the early part. Alive <laughs> that too. But, like, you have a scene when they first, when they go to the morgue early in this movie. And you and you see the security guard, and he has a cigar, and he's sitting there just smoking in a hospital. And I'm yeah, just right. like, well, yeah, that right. wouldn't fly now. Exactly. <laughs> and I always love how people say, like, the 80s, all oh, the 80s were all neon bright and everything. Like, no, this was the 80s. When they're in that hospital, you have old water fountains that are just, you know, the old white ceramic. You have, I'm like, that's the 80s. That's, you know, that's a 70s-style building or 60s-style building that was renovated. That That's the 80s that I remember. What little I remember. Of the three 80s, years? 90s. You remember three years of the 80s? Yes, apparently. Okay. I remember the 90s. <laughs> the 90s weren't that far off from that. No. Yeah, and it's, it's and we'll talk about also the, where the staging of things, too, is. So, obviously, they ha- didn't have much to work with, and they do a lot of really good stuff. They do a lot of really good stuff with very little resources, and that's why I think this movie has a lot of energy and life to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to start. I'm going to say a lot of good things about this movie, y'all. I ain't got, got news for you, so just strap That's in. Fine. So you're, then you're we get to the to like bad things. I thank you. I appreciate that. Just like you're allowed to like. <laughs> I do all the time in this show. <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Well, also, this is completely out of my realm of like. I don't like horror movies in general. Like, I was terrified to go watch The Nun in theaters on my on my anniversary. Yeah, honeymoon. he refused. I was so upset, <laughs> but he went to see both it, and then he won't go see The Nun. No. Nope. Oh, the scare the scary Nun movie. Yes. Yeah. There's also the theaters right next to a big giant boat. I think might have been haunted in Duluth, Minnesota, and we were staying at a hotel. And I'm like, nope, nope, not happening. Here. Oh, whatever. So, <laughs> I was not going for that. But so this aren't my kind of movie. Like, but also this movie it shows you really early on what kind of movie it is. It's very quickly like you like we said we have the naked boobs on the on the dead lady, and then you also have the girl that the guys date that one of the main characters are dating. You have her naked right off the bat because you know we have to. It's Drew Barrymore oh, yeah. from Scream. It's not, but it's Drew. She looks just like her character. She's dressed like her and everything. Google it. So scream copy this movie. What you're trying to say? Yeah, maybe no, possibly for that one character. Possibly. <laughs> this is a very influential movie, y'all. I tell you, there this is go. a Come cult on, classic. <laughs> and then you had the cat early on. I liked Rufus. <laughs> I also think it's so funny, like how you have the little scene where he jumps by the by the couple early on, right before Herbert first shows up, which is the doctor guy that is the reanimator, and like the cat. Is only is there for a whole reason. Like they ha- they ha- the reason they mentioned the cat so they can bring the cat back a little bit later in another scene. Everything well, yeah. with Herbert is such a weirdo when he visits the apartment. He's like apartment for sale, and he pulls out the, the sheet of paper <laughs> and the address was six six six. I laughed at that. Yep, it's a good bit. I uh, Dan. I, we'll, we can just talk about Dan and, and, sure. and Meg real quick. Uh, Dan, who I can't remember, he's played with, and of course Meg is played by Barbara Crampton. Dan is was really in the story in the movie movie in the book. He's like the narrator who's kind of following along the scientist on these crazy experiments. He's really meant to be the lead character. He is not the lead character of this movie. This is all no. Herbert's movie. It's all Mr. West's movie. It's he. So he's kind of a pretty good, just, you know, almost an audience surrogate kind of just going with the flow and following things along, but he does good work. And Barbara Crant is great in this movie. She really does a lot of good work. She puts up with a lot you know, I, there's some stories about that scene. Actually, we'll talk about that scene in length, but the scene that everyone's waiting for us to talk about, probably that particular scene, she got the role to play. She got to play this role because the original woman who was cast for it, her mom saw the script 
and read that scene and said, nope, you are not, and pulled her daughter out of the movie. I mean, I don't know, she's a grown, grown-ass adult, but she basically said to her daughter, no, you're not doing this. I'm that's why disown I you? I, I don't know, yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. She uh, was put in, and she goes through a lot in this movie. There is some interviews out there about how she felt about the movie. I don't want to misquote it. So, but very interesting how she kind of like got herself kind of ready for that. Anyway, so she's good. So we got Herb comes in. He wants to get the apartment. He takes the tour, goes downstairs, sees the basement. (laughs) Perfect. Here's some money. Boom. science lab. (laughs) That was funny. I thought his apartment was going to be in the basement too. Like they were going to go down. There's going to be a bed down there. But apparently he had a regular room too. I mean, then you have like the, I didn't like the whole, like you have. So. The girl that Dan's dating, Meg, was she the dean's daughter of the college they're going to? Yes. She's okay, the and then daughter. she's like, "Oh, I'll marry you the, the moment you're an MD." He's like, really? You can't marry the guy until he's a doctor? Like, does it matter? <laughs> I think it was the the minute you're out of this school, I'll marry you. Like, the minute you're out of here, and it's not going to be know, weird. Not under my dad's thumb. What's called? Right. I quit. You know, get different. <laughs> Which is weird, and I agree with you, but that's also a very '80s kind of thing too. Yeah. Where nowadays, you're like, oh, who cares? Oh, I'm marrying. Who cares? <laughs> who cares right? But I, that's kind of a, a little contrived. Didn't I? <laughs> well, the thing is, the guy couldn't have been doing that bad. He had a decent house he was living in. Yeah, yeah, he, he decent house. Not, he wasn't. He was doing okay enough. He was well regarded in the college. You know, people. He was like an up and coming star of the uh, the hospital. They let him do CPR on people. Not well, he, clearly. So is but he, he did him. an intern or is he still a student? He's like a third. He's like a third year medical student. I think they actually say that at some oh, point. Okay. But he he is a medical student. Shut up. She fell asleep during the beginning of this movie. The first half an hour, nothing's happening. It was an hour and a half movie. So she was sleeping. Shut up. I'm tired, okay? It was a hard day you, off. Right now. You should get on a bumper sticker. I slept through Reanimator. Like, that would be like. <laughs> the last hour I did not. It was just when they were, like, introducing the characters. And I still got a grasp of it, okay? <laughs> you got enough. This movie is very simple. This, this is a very straight line plot. Like there is like, not a lot of complexity. We watched that first half hour. Mike's like, I don't think you need. No, you really don't. You can just. <laughs> well, he would have to watch it again, so were that's probably half of that. Were you awake in the first time when they're in class and you have Herbert West just breaking pencils to piss off the, the headless doctor later? No. Oh, so I'm like, what the now, fuck? Okay, rewind that because that is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. You're just breaking <laughs> pencils. <laughs> there comes a point too where we haven't had this yet, but. We kind of we kind of breezed over it, but Herbert is introduced to Hill. Hill is yep. the is like the lead surgeon, I guess, or leading surgeon dude at the college. He's he's basically the professor. He's the teacher. He's the published author. You know, he's the he's the expert on autopsies <laughs> and brain death and all these sort of things. And him and Herbert get go get at it um, really quickly before the scene. Where he uh, he gets introduced to Herb and Herb is basically like, yeah, everything you wrote is wrong. Your everything you wrote is derivative from Doctor Gruber, who's the doctor that died in the beginning with the bulging eyes. Everything you wrote is derivative off of the Gruber. You didn't even do that right. And every line he delivers is with compunction and force and just like pure like just I don't know yeah, force and just he punctuates every line. It's so great. He's just so he knows he's right and he refuses to listen to anybody else tell him otherwise. So Hill at this point already hates Herb and Mr. West hates Hill. And they're showing how to autopsy, which is this stuff always gets me. It's like surgery stuff that grosses me out. It just <laughs> always does. But people coming back to life, that's OK. Yep, well, they're coming, they're coming back to life. It's a glorious moment of reanimation. It's the <laughs> beauty of science. This is the point where you're right, Mike. He, uh, 
as soon as Dr. Hill says, he talks about being brain death happens between six and 12 minutes after death. <laughs> it's clo- you hear snap. You see, he cuts to Herbert glaring at him with a snap pencil. And he says something again, and he snaps another pencil. This means Herb brought with him a stack of pencils. Now, if this is a Looney Tunes cartoon, there would be a stack of 50 pencils next to him just to snap every time Hill says something stupid or he doesn't okay. agree with. I did laugh when he's like, maybe you should get a pen. <laughs> I, I did. I'm like, okay. Good line. But it so didn't take long good. for the movie. Like, this is the part where I was like, okay, I don't. Because you get, you get past this. They have the dinner where Dan is with Meg and talking to the dean. He's like, oh, we're going to go have a study date. And I'm, and I saw the doctor, you know, is like, oh, he says something weird. But I think he turns the dean on the fact that she's sleeping with this guy. Oh, heaven forbid. Well, they're Puritan. They make a comment how he must have been sleeping where he's like, he's a Puritan. He's one of the last Puritans. I'm like, no, he's not. But and he and he oh, makes it. Who were they referring to? The dean. Oh, the dean. He wanted his his daughter was a virgin. He thought, you know, she wasn't having sex early in that movie. No, no, that wasn't that wasn't his daughter. <laughs> All right. Well. She wasn't even that scene. They're having sex. So, I mean, right there. Yeah. It's college. Come on. Exactly. But this is when when it cuts back to the house and they're having they're trying to have a study date and she can't concentrate. And she's like, where's Rufus? He's always bugging me. And I'm just like, oh, I know where Rufus Poor is. Rufus. <laughs> and when she finds him in the fridge and she starts screaming and Herbert's like, oh, I found him in the fridge and I, I put him in there. Do you want me to leave a note for you? You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, I, he killed him, right? That's how I took it. Like, he killed Rufus and put him I in the I think so. I'm pretty sh- He says he didn't. He says he suffocated. His head got trapped in the plastic jar, which is the <laughs> stupidest thing to say. It was a glass jar. <laughs> A glass jar. 85. His, his head, thank you. His head got caught in the glass jar. He suffocated. And the line you're referring to is, I don't have the whole line in front of me, but he's like, what's the note going to say? Cat's dead. Details later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did laugh at that part, too. Of course you did. It's funny. That's a probably written joke. See, this movie didn't break me until a little bit later. I was like, okay, this is stupid, but it's amusing. Why am I watching this? That was going through my head. And then this is when you have the cat start screaming in the middle of the night, and Dan wakes up and like the way that they handle this to me is like, you know, I think I'd be a lot more freaked out if I saw my cat that just was dead in a fridge and not dead anymore. <laughs> his his reaction to a lot of things, Dan, I'm saying, is is not quite what you would expect from somebody who lives a normal life in normal society. You know, finding yeah, finding your dead cat in the fridge. And Herb actually gives a decent explanation. He's saying, I found him that way. I didn't want him to stink up the joint. So I put him in my fridge. I was going to tell you. And what are you doing in my room, Barbara Crampton? What are you doing in here? <laughs> I thought I rented a private room. I... <laughs> Apparently not. And he also asked about the green goop because the green goop is in the is in the, uh, fridge. the fridge. Yep. So we see that as well. And so Tiff had called it one thing. Kryptonite. But for me, I kept thinking oh. of a Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> Super serum. Yeah, I don't know why. That's just what popped in my head was from the Hulk movie. No, because apparently it hurt crypt people from Krypton, but it reanimates humans. We just didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> okay. And, th- and there's some, like, and then you have the whole basement scene where the cat is trying to kill pe- you know, kill them, and the whole pet cemetery, what I kept thinking yeah, of, and Tiff kept saying. I just kept saying, they just need to bring him to pet cemetery. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so like it's comical and stupid the cat's claw in his back he throws the cat and they beat the cat with like a baseball bat and it's and, like this horrible like stuffed slash animated <laughs> cat <laughs> and then the end part of the scene where he takes the cat he's like oh the cat wasn't really dead and he's looking at like things all mangled like it's dead now right yeah it's dead okay and he plugs it with the green juice 
<laughs> just to prove his point. Just to prove. But he was, like, split in half, wasn't it? Like split His back was broken. Yeah. And so then like, he just makes this awful sound. That I can't Wouldn't even you? describe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just think about it. You broke your back. You've been beaten with things. You've been <laughs> dead once. Now you're coming back to life again. And didn't he say something? Or were you the one who said it, that rebirth is painful? Was I think that line? was him. I don't that think was it was me. the in the movie, rebirth yeah. is painful. Yeah, rebirth is painful. Rebirth is painful. <laughs> that death was painful. <laughs> I just want to. I want to go back very quickly to oh, the please. scene when, because I do love how Mike is just hurtling through this. Like he does not <laughs> want to spend any more time in his brain. No, Reanimator leaves to leave, and I'm just gonna keep wrestling, wrenching it back. I have to. I have to. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, you were talking about when he's fighting the the reanimated cat slash stuffed animal they got at the toy store five <laughs> minutes before the shoot, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, kind of half animated. No, no, no. It's just a stuffed animal cat that that Jeffrey Combs is holding to his back and flailing <laughs> wildly around with. He's literally holding the cat there, like it's it's, it's the stupidest piece of not special effects, but for some reason it really does work in this. Just- just move or, really fast and nobody will know. Nobody knows if you just go really fast and we'll put the and we'll blink the lights. We'll flash the lights and you just <laughs> flail around and smash things. No one we'll notices. Lots it. of lots of cat sounds. <laughs> yeah, no one notices your dad's toupee that we've taped to the back of you. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just and but that's a this is a really good example of this movie being unintentionally funny, but because funny because they they've already set up comic beats in here and really funny moments. So when you look at this, this is why I always laid this as this is more of a comedy than a horror movie to me, even though it's really grotesque and really gross and has one scene that is, uh, let's be honest, is objectively not okay. It's it's this is a very funny, silly B movie. This is classic B movie schlock. B movie. Yeah, it's a classic B movie schlock. And if you approach it with that way, saying, you know, the stupid stuff, I'm just going to take is stupid and fun. I'm here to have a good time. Even though I screened this in a wine bar, there were people <laughs> watching it and laughing. Like that—that that was my street. People actually like giving us a good laugh. Me too. I'm and I'm like, am I just drunk? Probably half I was drunk, but the other half was because this is actually a very funny movie. And this is a great sequence of the cat. Um, I love the fact that Herbert is stalking it with her croquet mallet. Like literally, could that be any more Looney Tunes? Like seriously, it was. I don't know. Just a very yeah. fun scene, and of course, the image of this you know plastic cat going. <laughs> Back to semi life is really cements it to Dan because Dan now says, Wow, I can't believe you've done this. And that's how Dan becomes West's partner in crime and partner in science. Well, also because. How does he just not be like, Get the fuck out? Like, that's what I would have done. Get the fuck out. I'm calling up. No, you just killed my. I want to call the police because nobody would believe me. You just killed my cat. (laughs) Now, if you kill one of my cats, you ain't coming back in my house. Oh, yeah. You want to tell a story about. No. Okay. Maybe. Not <laughs> yet. We'll see. Uh, but so it's, it's just so like, I don't know. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> it, well, the thing with Dan though is because he is, it is established at the very beginning that he's idealistic and he really wants to save lives. And, and Herbert tells him, you know, yeah. why can't we save lives after the fact? Right. Isn't that like what you want to do? Like you want to save lives. He was, he was, uh, you know, doing CPR on that woman for way longer than he had to, you know, and that actor and the, uh, the, the nurse doctor is like, look, she's gone. You have to learn. Sometimes you can do all you can do. And he doesn't accept that. So he's kind of in league with, with Herbert. Cause Herbert again has a pretty positive motivation. He wants to bring back people. He wants to bring people back to life. He wants to conquer death. That's 
a noble idea. Goes about it the wrong way. <laughs> Very bad how science. How does this come to be? Like, does he have somebody specific he wants to bring back to life? That's never explained. Like, yeah. I was, I was kind of expecting that, that he'd, like, have somebody specific he wanted to bring back to life. He wanted to be famous. Yeah, he I'm, makes a point yeah. later on when the doctor is like, oh, I'm going to take the, it for myself. I'm going to be the one that discovered this. That's what he wants. Well, that's what Hill yeah, wants. Yeah, that's Doc. Yeah, Herbert. that's what No, Hill Herbert wants. kills him with a shovel because he was going to take away his discovery. Because he was pl- plagiarist. He was pl- <laughs> plagiarist. <laughs> you can't I be a plagiarist. Nothing worse in science than stealing somebody's work. With it. That's what I thought. I took it that he was a, a stuck-up asshole and didn't want his thing being stolen. Well, I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't you be a little guarded against your life's work? <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I start bringing back the dead and killing people to bring them back. I wouldn't be like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't bring this out. If I start telling people what I did, they might not. Um, be like, oh, what a great discovery! We got a we got a nice little padded room here for yeah, you. Come on, just, in. Come just on. put this nice white jacket on and we'll tie it in the back for you. Well, I'm not arguing that he's sane. I'm not saying that he's like. <laughs> has all of his faculties with him, but I am going to posit that he probably does have a positive motivation in wanting to do this. And also too, he wants to see the science through. He's a science guy, right? Sometimes you just want to see the science through. Can I do this for science reasons? Like portal science for science sake. (laughs) He aperture would absolutely hire Herbert West. (laughs) He would (laughs) cave Johnson would be all about Herbert West. Okay. I can agree with that. Yeah, all about him. I think he and would then, be fair. I didn't really like the part how Dan gets kicked out of school because he found <laughs> out the dean's like, oh, he comes to the dean talking about his crate, about what they were doing. And he mentions Meg or something. So he like kicks him out of the school. You're going to lose your scholarship. Tell Herbert he's done. He's gone. Like, I didn't like that part for some reason. It bothered me. I don't know why. I, it, it, it's bothersome because it's it's just so vicious for really no reason. He's just yeah. being honest. Like, hey, this thing happened. I, I, I've had this breakthrough. I want to explore it. And the dean wants nothing to do with this at all. And he is a complete, complete asshole. Maybe we're just setting it up for, for us not to care that he turns into a shambling maniac for the rest of the movie. Didn't bother me one bit. I was like, okay, good. And you got what he did. Yeah, me too. Good. You stink. That's probably what it was. It's probably just, okay. They like that. There was another part I laughed at when they go back to the morgue, when Dan is no longer working there, he's not supposed to be at the hospital. They're going in the morgue together. And the cop is, or the security guard is sitting there smoking a cigar and reading a porno magazine. (laughs) And I, I was like, is that the part where he's like, Oh, I think I'm going to take a little break. And I'm like, Oh, that's later. Porno magazine. That's later. That's later. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, sir? I don't remember if this is the part he's reading, but he's definitely reading Bourdais or whatever the hell that yeah, is. Yeah, it's a boudoir or something. I think it's boudoir or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, what kind of. But I'm like, it's the 80s, Mike. It's the 80s. Yeah. They didn't have apple bottoms back then. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't think I want to know, so I'm just going <laughs> to walk away from this one. <sighs> but it was just funny to me. I'm just like, this would never work. I mean, just this little scene right here, him smoking in a hospital, you would never have in a current movie. I mean, we're not even talking about some of the other scenes that would definitely never be in a current movie, really. But like this scene in general, <laughs> you would never have this. <laughs> no, none of this would ever. You'd never get enough time to go in and start messing around with bodies in the morgue. My favorite thing is he sneaks, again, Looney Tunes, sneaks Herb in, pretending that he's a, you know, a dead body. <laughs> um, you know, I think the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, the, the cop. We'll just call him cop. Cop goes to get his uh, take his break and his wink, wink, nudge, nudge, break. They <laughs> jump off. He starts tying his sh- Herbert starts tying his shoes and Dan is getting nervous. He goes, we're going to get caught. And Herb goes, what are they going to do? Embalm us? 
That's <laughs> <laughs> such a good line. So, that's really funny. And of course, their goal here is to look for a fresh body. Or not really a fresh body, just a body to experiment on. It's so less dead than the cat. That's less alive. <laughs> that's a little less mangled than the cat. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the idea was to find, well, one, to try it on a human, but they wanted to find someone that was in decent condition. Like, so they find a guy who's dead who died of a heart attack. So he's mostly in the idea that he's mostly in attack. He's that's the like, pink guy, right? The pink yes. naked guy? The guy that got apparently a lot of sunburn? Yes. <laughs> Maybe he was skiing naked. Oh, no. Maybe he just has a rosy hue about him. Who knows? <laughs> I call makeup. Yeah, it was, it was so bad. I was complaining about the makeup the whole time. <laughs> it is pretty bad. No, it's it's it is. It's not great. She probably did oh, this is, I mean, this was just like when he gets up and he starts trying to choke them and stuff, and then you have the father walk in and just everything like the way that he killed the father. He grabs him, push him. Well, first he squishes him with a door. I missed. Well, hang on. I got. Like, I gotta I stop you. Separate. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Seth. Sorry. I missed the squishing with the door part. I must have blinked or something. It's like a, like he said he's been saying Looney Tune. The guy's banging on the morgue door, and then the dead bot, the dead guy, hits the door and crushes him in the door, and then jumps on the door. Yeah, I I, I know. Again, this is speaking of Looney Tunes. My man here is trying to road runner through this. I do want to lingo. I <laughs> slow your roll, Tootsie. Slow your roll. Because <laughs> you hate this so much. I get it. I, I, I get it. I don't want to spend time with things I hate to. This is a, I do like, because the setup here is really interesting because they're in the morgue and they're, the plan is not to get a body out because that's what they do in, in the, in the book. They're, they're always getting bodies from places and then taking it back to a lab and experimenting and things happen. They are going to do it right then and there. What did you think was going to happen if you succeeded? <laughs> like, are we going to walk out with the guy? Like another like two people? Oh, two doctors were in there. Let's take this body out. It's, he was it, in here when we came in. Yeah, exactly. Like what did you think was going to happen um, at this point, given all the data you've collected thus far? I do like – I don't know why Meg is there. Like why is Meg there with her father? His dad is there. The, fa- the dean is there looking for Dan because evidently he needs to be sent to the moon because uh, for all the – malfeasance he's uh he's uh committed in his life yes he slept with his daughter <laughs> oh yeah he's well he's he's got to get out of the school he's got to write a letter of apology he's got, got to say sorry to the president he's got to get kicked out of the hospital we're gonna throw him in the brig it's like <laughs> she followed them there because she was gonna go see dan and then she's like i didn't come with you i met you here uh did, was that stated i didn't i don't yeah, know she there's a line about it when she then okay. and then he ends up making her stay at the front desk that's right. Okay. Okay. Well, that was, that was explained then. Very good. This the moment when he in the when our red the red man just sits straight up is a classic <laughs> moment. You see that in trailers. It's a, the great moment of you, and yeah, you like say you said, great. Okay, that's great. That's very great. I mean, at least he was in one piece. Okay, <laughs> versus the cat who was ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one piece for now. For, for now, now long. <laughs> so um. So this is a, so then you have, of course, your, your big uh, air quotes battle. Like you said, Mike, <laughs> um, the, 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 the reanimated, the reanimated um, knocks over the door and smooshes Dean with the door, the big heavy metal door. Very comic, very actually kind of funny. Almost dies, but Herb saves the day with a bone saw, puts it right through his chest. That he, was... The reanimated looks down at said bone saw with this look of surprise and awe. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, whoa. I didn't this like this. Good. And then, blorp, that's the end for him. I didn't like it at all. I was just like, I was like, Ugh. I mean, you could tell how fake it was. It looks like clay popping out of his chest. But still, I'm like, I don't like this. 
But that's the sign of good movie making because even though it's it is literally probably clay things coming out of someone's body so on a prop somewhere, it works right. And what I really like about this movie from a, just a set perspective, a lot of this movie's violence happens in broad daylight, not daylight, in fluorescent lighting, so which is really harsh and bright and cool. So you, it's and it's actually pretty rare to see that in horror movies because usually it's in the shadows because you're trying to hide things and lights are flickering. Yeah, like you you're trying to hide things with with your special effects, right? You're trying to hide effects with darkness and shadows. This movie they just is wanted to show us how bad their special effects were. <laughs> well, and I think they were just they're like, no, this needs to be in a hospital. The lights are on. There's no reason for these things to be flickering. We're just going to do this in the broad day, broad and bright lights. And that makes this blood and this gore really striking because I don't think we're used to seeing all that stuff in such in vivid color. You know what I mean? Like it's so striking that black, sorry, that red against white really striking and, and, and scary, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty scary and it's effective. Like if you're watching it, just watching it, you're in, right? And of course, you watch it as a, you know, now on a big old. I was te- okay with the blood and gore. It was, it was pretty good. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of blood. There's like, I feel like there's an excessive amount of blood coming from people's mouths for unknown reasons. <laughs> for literally no reason. No, there is <laughs> like, no reason. reason. It was like, a cheap <laughs> special effect. Here, put this in your mouth. Blah, blah. Okay, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not while we film. All right. Like, yeah, we reanimated you, but why are you bleeding from the mouth? <laughs> There's actually a famous note on the amount of blood in this movie. The uh, I again, whoever the director, it wasn't Stuart Gordon, but one of the cast, one of the um, crew in charge of that sort of th- thing said the most he's ever used on a movie before Reanimator was two gallons of blood. In Reanimator, he used 23. So <laughs> your note about blood is correct. There's a lot of it. It's just like for no reason too, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's bleeding from the ears. He's he's like, why though? 23 gallons. Think about how little you need to make something be really effective. It, and a lot of it had to do with the head, I think, later on that I'm sure yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, we're getting there. So, um, we're getting there. <laughs> and this is when Dr. Halsey got choked out by the, dead, the pink dead guy. After yeah, he gets see, crushed by the door, they choke him, he dies. Yes. <laughs> is that how he dies? I thought they broke his neck. No, they choked him. No, he chokes him and throws him against a wall, I think. Yeah, yes, him, like, that's crunch. correct. <laughs> yeah, and then this is when they get the idea, we're going to bring him back to life. Just died, he's fresh body. <laughs> <sighs> and they inject him with the green stuff, and I think this is when the security guy calls the police, he drops his magazine, or is that, no, he drops his magazine later and runs, so he didn't have, but oh, still. And this is like, when doesn't Meg walk in too? Yes, this is when he walks in to find <sighs> her dad. <laughs> just like the whole, I'm just like, and he's like, oh, it's it's going to be okay. Don't, don't mind you, idiot. Like, maybe not. I'm like, I got to go. See ya. Of course, Herb has that amazing mo- line. He says, when Herb starts, uh, not Herb, when the Dean starts reanimating, he says, welcome back to life. <laughs> so, every, every delivery is just I just Very stunning Frankenstein in certain, mm-hmm. certain moments. Then they put him in a straight jacket. <laughs> well, because she, I mean, he's acting all crazy, yeah. but he's dead. Or and... blood. Like he bats his head against the wall and blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just so weird. And I forget when it happened, but there's a scene not that long around this point when he, the doctor's talking, I think the West and he's like, we both know what his problem is. He's dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's much later on. When we get okay, that was later. I couldn't remember oh, when it way. happened. I just I think had my note. 
he's in a straight jacket, and I have this is when Dan tells Meg what happened. Well, you jump. <laughs> yeah. So here, so so welcome back to life. The dean grabs everyone's neck. Meg walks in, and the oh, dean has a choking. That's what the choking was. In my choking, notes. yeah. So Meg walks in, and the dean actually responds. So the cop then arrived. The dean is cowering in the corner because he's he's he was just reanimated, so he still has more of his <laughs> mental faculties with him, which is interesting. And that prompts, well, actually, what prompted uh, Herb to try again was that the first, the pink man, let's call people <laughs> by their colors, the pink man actually responded when Herb said, stop. He actually stopped for a second, which gave Herb enough. He's not just an animal. He actually has a, a little bit of his faculties left. Um, clearly, the dean has a lot more. Herb then gives a completely ham-handed excuse for what happened here. <laughs> okay, so I didn't forget what it was. It was ridiculous. And everyone goes, oh, okay. Well, sounds reasonable. All the blood splattered everywhere. He just went insane. He came down and what about him? We were working on him, and it's just the the excuse that he gives is completely ridiculous. Uh, but everyone just goes, "Oh, saw through this guy's chest just because." <laughs> That's right. Just <laughs> testing out the uh, the uh, veracity of this bone saw. <laughs> uh, I mean, how did they not get arrested in this part? I really feel like the next scene should have been in prison. That was the end of that. Because I, they all it, pointed at the crazy guy. Said it was all his fault. Yes, yeah, this naked guy that you, you can tell he doesn't. You know, he, he he's been alive this whole time. He snuck in here and killed him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's so stupid. And again, this is movies got movie. But you're right. This is a huge. Eh, come on. Don't worry now. about that toe tag on his foot. He put that on himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. This is an Obi Wan Kenobi. This is not the plot you're looking for. And just move <laughs> on. Just move on. <laughs> the next scene we have is is when we're in the padded cell area. I evidently, evidently, Hill's office has a adjoining padded cell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is for his guests, I guess. Later, though. I was like, what the fuck? What kind of office is this? I know. I was. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, wait a second, that's his office, and that's the padded room where yeah. the dean is. I have my own padded room to throw in people I don't like if I want to watch them. I even have a TV right next to the window, too. <laughs> and this is a one-way mirror, making sure I'm completely anonymous, and no one can tell what I'm doing at any time. <laughs> this is kind of where he, we, he, we, he explains, he kind of explains he wants to do exploratory surgery. He wants to help her father any way he can. Meanwhile, he knows at this point, you were once dead, and he kind of realizes... Dr. West is up to something. Herb is up to something. Kill this is also when he... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. He said it's to kill a mockingbird all over again. <laughs> yeah. oh, Mike doesn't get that no, joke. Get oh, I've never seen kill I a mockingbird. When I saw his face, I was like, oh my God, it's going to fall flat. <laughs> yeah. No, you, I totally get it. <laughs> they lobotomize people in there. Oh, yes, they do. In the 50s or something, yeah, right? That's what they did something in the 50s. Like it's like, yeah, it's like that era. Yeah. 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 Okay, anyways, go on after I explain no, no. my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. The best jokes require explanation, I guess. Right. Meg kind of resigns herself to sign the waiver. Like, yes, go ahead and do what you got to do to my dad. I skipped um, a lot. But then... <laughs> you yeah, you, yeah, you remember, I, wasn't, I guess I wasn't paying attention because I already well, noticed. This is an important you know. part here because the first part we find out Hill is a little, you know, horny on Maine. He <laughs> find out that in the during the toast because he, he he refers to meg as like the the jewel of the crown of blah, blah 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 like <laughs> something a horny old man would say to a young woman to try to get them you know amorous i don't know and then he actually starts to move in with crazy dad in the padded cell like he kind of has a little move in moment crazy dad blah, 
nice little jump scare against the glass breaks at that moment, which Meg is like, no, I'm going to take this on my own hands. I'm going to figure out what's, what's really happening here. I don't trust you. But these are all really important little tidbits to get to the scene that everyone talks about for this movie. And yeah, a little, little gritty. And th- this is so this is when he tells her what happened, what really yes. happened to her dad. Yes. This is when Dan kind okay. of spills the beans what happens. He's not insane. He's actually dead. And she says, tell me everything. <laughs> this is the part where he should be going to prison. Yes, this is the part where he should be going to jail. Yes. Um, instead, this is when Hill shows up in the basement. Now, here's my question. I don't know where Dan is. Is Dan at home at his house when Meg shows up? No, I think he went to Meg's house. Okay, so he went to Meg's house, which is why yes. Hill was able to go to his house and show up in the basement while Herb is working. Yeah. He, he knows that the Dean is reanimated and he wants Herb's work. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Hey, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you take this. Oh, take this so forward. this part was just so. So I mean, so you have the doctor. He comes in and he wa- and he goes in and he's looking and he tells West, "Oh, I'm going to take your thing and I won't tell the cops what you did that you're a murderer and I'm going to take full credit for this." And he and so he's looking through this. He's like, "Oh, I know what that is." And he's looking through a microscope and he puts a little bit of that green juice on a dead cells. And he's like, "Oh!" And then Herbert just you just see him taking like a step back, one at a time, all all stupid like. And I'm just like, and then. He goes for a shovel <laughs> and of all the things to kill someone in a basement. And there's a lot of weird ass things in this basement. You have a shovel and he cuts off his head. No, he, he smacks him back in the head. That's what it was. Yeah. And then he starts. I thought that's what it was. That was it. He well, that comes him. after he hits him in the back of the head with a shovel. And then he starts chopping at his head with a shovel. <laughs> like, I, I mean, how realistic is that, though? Because this guy's kind of little. <laughs> I've never hit a head, so I can't tell you. I've never committed murder. That shovel don't seem that sharp. <laughs> I mean, I have tried to take a shovel and hit dirt, and I've had issues, so I can't see it. Being that real. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I've hit rocks, and oh, okay, I can't go anywhere. And yet this guy just cuts through a bone, like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a physician, so I can't tell you how effective a, a spade would be against the a soft tissue of a neck. But I do know that this is a really excellent, excellent scene. Like This is great because the tension it builds up, right? Because you have the doctor, he's looking at through the microscope. <laughs> yes, my work will make me famous. <laughs> and Hill, I love Hill's reaction when he kind of, I think he says cat tissue. He puts it on a little microscope, drops <laughs> reagent. Doop, doop, doop. <laughs> Again, just so controlled. His control is so good in this movie. And he backs up slowly. Feels for the a weapon, finds a shovel, and just the pacing and the way this just executes literally is so glorious. Like you said, Clunksome. Here's where this movie really like does a, a beautiful job. Clunksome in the head, right? He falls down. You see the, sh- the shot. Basically, it's from I guess Hill's perspective, looking up at Herbert as he brings the shovel down on his neck. Now, what most movies would have done is shovel goes down, the blood spurts up, and that's it. Right, you go. Okay, ooh, that's grisly. What does this movie do? It reverses shot as you see that spade going into his neck. Hill staring up at him, blood just glorping out everywhere, and that's when you know if you haven't learned already, this movie's gonna go for it, and this movie is not gonna stop going for it ever. So now, but now too late, you've given your money to the theater. You're not getting your money back at this point. So sorry, tough luck. It's uh, it's such a well-executed scene because it is surprising. And then, of course, the final shot is that super low-angle shot of the head bloop, just kind of rolling off. Clearly, that's somebody next to the body rolling a fake head. 
(laughs) obviously, but it works so well in context. It is really just a beautifully executed um, scene. You you get to a part that made me shake shake my head when he grabs the head off the ground. And he's trying to, and he tries to put it in the bin, and it keeps falling over. So he grabs a thing with stick, sticky notes on, like a stabby. Uh, like oh, a, I thought it was a meat thermometer. No, it was a thing for post notes that you would stab on or put yeah. your hand through. Yep. It looks like a meat thermometer. Uh, and he takes it's a meat thermometer. It, it did it to me. It looked like a meat I like that. That's good. <laughs> and that, to me, that would make more sense. But that wouldn't have a circle part at the bottom. Yes, it does. Like if you flip it over. Oh so yeah, it's but like not that, not strong enough to hold a head. Why not? Because it's a small circle. Turkey butt. And then you take it back out. I mean, or when you go to Arby's and you work there, you There's, shove it in the big I've meat and take it out. I've seen some where the dial is like that. Well, they, the movie didn't know about that, so they okay, had a paperweight. Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> you do realize what we're arguing about, right? We're arguing <laughs> whether a whether a meat thermometer or a post-it note holder would be the best implement for holding a human head. That's what Reanimator does to people in conversations. It brings people together in the important things. <laughs> he shoves the head on there, and I'm just like, "What the hell?" And then he I brings it back to life. So hard, I laugh. I that whole scene when it's just falling over. And again, this is why this movie. I I'll say it a hundred times. I'm going to say a hundred times more. This is a comedy more than a horror movie. These things are really funny, and the gore is so silly, so over the top. All you can do is just laugh. That's why so I think. And, and depending on your sensibilities, right? But I think this is – if you were to categorize this movie, you would have to call it a, a horror comedy in the vein of like an Evil Dead. It's like you were getting more into this movie. Weren't you, Tiffany, then? Yes. Okay, where I was but, checking out. You were like, okay, getting interesting now. Well, because in the beginning, I was like – I thought I was Reanimator. Where the fuck are the zombies? Like, oh, they were coming. They were, like, I was getting – I think I was starting to get bored. So I was like, come on now. The budget was only so big. They had one day to shoot. So everybody get naked, throw the makeup on. We got one Put day to shoot. blood on you. But I don't right. understand is why the head detached from the body could still talk and coherent thoughts. But the man that had the head on his body couldn't. Because he was dead longer. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, I, I'm talking I about don't the know. Dean. Oh, yeah, the dean. It's that's a very good point. Well, here's maybe my explanation. Reagents, different dosage. Maybe you gave him a little more. Learn a, a better bit. theory. Go for it. <laughs> Movie's the, just the, stupid. The script said so. <laughs> okay, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, that was Bill talking. Yes, it was. God, everything was like. Okay, I was not expecting when the when he starts reanimating the body that's not attached to him. Like, why did he do that? I don't. Because science. When, <laughs> science. When, because science. And he this didn't is think actually, that would like backfire. <laughs> well, he didn't know. He and that's actually a really cool beat because he's sitting there, plops the head down, they stick it into this little thing to hold it. Let me and he looking at the head and he goes, Huh, what would happen in his brain? Think what would happen if I tried to reanimate the head and the body separately? Probably thinking, would the head still be able to control the body? What, what's going to happen? This is called science. It's called experiments. And hey, think about it this way. When else are you going to get a freshly severed head to practice this on? This is a once, <laughs> he, he once in a five. that head so he could go out and sever somebody else's head. <laughs> Basically. Well, he even says it. He even says that when he's when he's arguing with Dan on if whether or not he should they should reanimate the dean in the in the morgue. He's like. He's like, what other opportunity are we going to get a body this fresh aside from killing one ourselves? Because <laughs> that's clearly in his brain. Like, if I have to do that, I'm just going to have to do that because he's obsessed with the science. And he's a crazy person. But it's all for science. It is all for science. 
And then the, okay, I didn't realize he injected the body. I thought the guy was just controlling the body telepathically or something. No, he injected the body and the head, and they both okay. start kind of doing the shake shakes It was funny when he walks over and takes his head and bangs him into the desk and knocks him out. Right, because he didn't see that, because he's he's trying to interrogate the head, you see. And he, he goes, did that before he reanimated the body. <laughs> he probably didn't think, probably didn't expect him to be able to, uh, through, I don't know, I would say telekinesis, but that's not, that's not right. You know, whatever, telepathy, be able to control his body still, even though it's not connected. That's silly and supernatural, but. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know, if you saw a lot of this coming, any of this coming. I'd be concerned. Like, you're not supposed to see any of this coming. <laughs> this should be telegraphed very well. I love how he, like, talks to his body like it's a person. You idiot over here. No, what are you doing? <laughs> this is, and this is where, hang on one second. Let me just make sure. I had okay, something well, to do. I, I think I skipped. While well, he was hiding underneath the table with his head, with his head in, inside a bucket. <laughs> That's why they use so much blood in that scene. Well, I mean, that's every every scene that you notice where his head is decapitated. It's either you see the back of it, or if you see the front of it, the camera is only from the chin up, or it's on the table in the bin. One split second where it's up a little bit and you can see the hole. I oh, pointed it out to you and you ignored yeah. me. Oh, you can't leave the suffering. hole that the actor's actually clearly just sticking his head through to make yeah. it seem like. Yeah. <laughs> And, it was and, just for a split second, but I was like, oh. <laughs> And nobody watching this movie is thinking, nobody should watch this movie for special effects because nobody no. should sit there and go, how did they do that? That's amazing. How did <laughs> no, they do but, that? So the it's, part where he like has the blood, which I'm not sure where he got the blood from. It was in, like, oh, go ahead, sorry. Like the body, so the body, headless body. I'm talking about a little later. Is this later? It's when the, the, the body takes the head, leaves the place, oh. goes back to the hospital. Well, I know we're Never jumping. Mind. We'll go back okay. to it. But I jumped it. I'm sorry. That's where he has a blood pack in the fridge for some reason. Has a I blood know. pack in his fridge <laughs> and shoves it in the container where his head is. But I, when he was pouring, I thought he was like feeding him the blood. And I'm like, a little closer. You're missing his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when your head's detached, you don't, need to, you don't have to eat through your mouth. You just you, put you your just neck in it. You're just like, it. oh, yeah. He's basically, a plant. He's basically a plant at that point. His little entrails are roots. And it's just going to store oh, but, the bloody goodness. I think I forget where they were, but there's somewhere where Dan was, where I put in my note, he, boy, boyfriend finds out doctor was a creeper, where the guy yeah, that's, had yes, yes. hair from the girl in a book. <laughs> It yeah, was in a file, wasn't it? In a, a file, file, yeah. It's in a file. He so See, so I basically. Attention sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, because Megan and Dan and Megan Dan go to Hill's office to find out the secrets behind her dad. You know, being being crazy, and <laughs> he and he. That's when he discovers the file of creeper clippings, which are like newspaper stuff and hair and all this like really weird stuff. Again, signaling Locker. Hill. Hill is obsessed with Meg. Oh. Here's a problem with. Okay, I'll I'll save this for for the for the moment because all of this is all of this is designed to lead up to the the moment that we're all leading up to. And this is the only reason this stuff is there, which is why I don't love that scene. I'm gonna we'll talk about it when we get there. But anyway, that's what happens there. And then this is when you have then he dangles back and or at some point the the dead guy took everything and yes. he finds West wakes up West. And then we're, and then this is when you get to the scene we were talking about with the blood. And this is also where, it, as I put, Doctor Hill's body injects Doctor Hill's head with, with the more green stuff, kryptonite. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and like you're saying too, Tiff, tip when the when uh, the when Headless Hill, and <laughs> like is that. is just stumbling around the office trying to find his blood pack. 
it, and he's kind of rolling his eyes like, oh, it <laughs> is this. This is pure slapstick Looney Tunes nonsense. Why, why is there a blood pack in his fridge? You know, maybe you never know when you need one. You don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's a vampire. <laughs> I, I stepped on your joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say, Tiff? I stepped on your joke. I said maybe he was anemic. We don't know. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> maybe he was going to a rave later that night, so he had the blood ready to go. Nice. <laughs> oh, and it is October, a Blade reference. Oh, by the Very... way, that song from that Blade is ten minutes long. Oh, of course it is. It's, it was the that as was the style of the times. Anyway. Yeah, because I actually one time on Spotify that song came on and it was ten minutes long and I couldn't skip it because I ran out of Spotify skips. Oh, oh man, that's a lot. That's a lot of time to hear. That's a that's a very long time. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. But so, okay, so the part where like Headless Hill goes to the morgue, and this is when you walk by the security guard. We were talking about earlier. This is when he's reading the porno, and this is the scene where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go take a break." Hold on, just like fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, but it was funny how he took like a he takes like a demo or not a demo, but like a model head. That's missing half the head because that was the part yeah. that come off to you how the brain works, which he yep. shows earlier to Meg to show what he's going to do to the yep. to her father, which you know that's how you turn on a that's how you get a girl interested in you. I was waiting for the the guard to be like, "Oh, you dropped something because when he walks in, his ear pops yep. off." The doctor had more important things to handle. The, the security guard had more important things to handle. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for it though. It break like, time. That's this whole movie. Also, I was waiting for. Excuse me, I dropped. Oh, it's in here. Oh dear. But also, what kind of jobs? Like, you know, if you want to look at porno at job, we don't care. It's fine. You want to smoke in the hospital? Feel free. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have a freaking beer next to him too, or a bottle of vodka or something. He's like, oh man, I love this job. I get to read porno and drink and smoke. Oh man, big old Tony Montana thing of coke in front of him, just like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't see you above my large mountain of cocaine. Hey, I needed to get into the morgue. <laughs> He's a terrible security guard, by the way. Oh, I wrote in my notes. He, my notes. He is not very good at anything. <laughs> it was so stupid. And and then then you get the scene where Dan goes to the Meg's house and he's trying to convince her to stay. Which she's like, I don't know if I can be with you anymore or something like that. Stupid. I'm like, you know, the guy just pretty much killed your got your father killed, brought your father back to life. I don't think I'd want to be with him that either. That whole scene was so stupid because she's saying, I don't think I can be with you anymore. Yeah, you're right. We should be apart. And then they ended up like kissing. It's extremely yeah. dumb. I don't I, or something. And they, I'm like, yeah, they, what just happened? <laughs> they were about to like embrace. It really wasn't clear until until <laughs> Daddy Dearest just smashes in. Actually, I jumped at that. I actually had a whoop. <laughs> that caught me. That caught me by surprise. And of course, attacks Meg because he is a crazy monstrosity that's been um, has been lobotomized yet i think he has yeah he's been lobotomized and this is when i don't know if you find out but dr hill had figured out that he could control lobotomized zombies right somehow through science sure (laughs) plot great the script the script yes the script said so so let's just go with it yeah don't think too hard about this one again b movie requires you to not think as hard like when you see that it's like i'm gonna put my brain away for a minute for 90 minutes and then I think we're just about the worst part of this movie. Yes, we are. Okay. And this is when he, he, so they kidnap the girl. Somehow he brings her all the way from her house to the morgue and nobody calls the cops. Cause apparently there's no police in the city. No, they're, they're busy. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good I point. mean, you, a guy right carrying a girl in his arms is knocked out, <laughs> covered in blood, you know, 
Somebody would have called the cops. I, yeah, I don't think he would have made it. You're right. Also, no, you're, you're, so right. you're very right. Dan, I mean, this movie, Dan and Herbert would have been in jail the whole movie. So, you know, after that first thing in the morning, they've been done. Okay. You're in prison. Very true. Very true. <laughs> oh, he oh, brings it up. They ended up in the Or somewhere. They wouldn't have been at the hospital. I mean, that's for. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be like, hey, go back to your basement and continue your experiments. Okay, crazy guy. That's completely fine. <laughs> we don't. We believe you that the guy just had the hole in his chest the whole time. It wasn't you with your fingerprints all over this bone saw that shoved it into his heart. No, that wasn't you. You weren't wearing gloves. No, we don't got your fingerprints. And this is when he brings the girl to the morgue and he starts having her father, the dean, starts stripping her. And he so drop her to the table. But do they have that in morgues? Do they have? Do they need to strap? bodies to the table <laughs> um, <laughs> that was what I was like wait what's going on that is an <laughs> excellent question dead bodies to the table <laughs> that's a very very good question I'm going to say probably no because then again dead, I'm not a more, I was a mortician but restraints. no <laughs> probably not yeah probably not that's really funny who I didn't even think of that I was too concerned about the scene a, a coming I so I've seen I, this, I had yeah, no question. idea and it, you clearly did. I had no idea. Well, he'd seen this movie. I mean, because it was before we talked about this movie or before I had ever watched it. You had mentioned that this movie had a scene in it that was just completely did not need to be there. And it's a scene that would you know make this movie not work in any type of like in today's world. It shouldn't work in 1985, but 85. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't rated. They were OK. Well, it's a, it's kind of a rape scene, but it's also a really weird, strange rape but, scene. But she gets like her hand free, and Mike's like, "Why isn't he? She like beating him up. Why isn't she pushing him away? She's just sitting there. Ah! He's a head. Just grab, grabs the ah! head. I don't know. I just I didn't like it either. Like I didn't like anything about it. But I didn't like. I'm like she just. And then he like they take the head and he starts sucking the nipple. I'm just like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah, it's. <laughs> This so how did you guys feel about it when you were when you were watching it? I mean, uh, other than the obvious, right? What well, what was your take on it? You made a comment that made me laugh. But. Well, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, I'm surprised they didn't go for. Oh, yep, there they go. Yep. Well, for the there. the nudity scene, you're like, you made a comment. What did I say? I forgot. You said, oh, she really is blonde. <laughs> Yeah, oh. that's right. I forgot. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> that's really good. He said, "Oh, we're all we're all nude in this one." I was like, "Oh, yep, she really is blonde. That's good." Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. okay. <laughs> well, I was not expecting that. Like, Sorry. I mean, I'm used to movies where, like, especially later on, you don't get you don't get full nudity very often in movies. I feel like later on, but this is the you 80s, do. so I guess it was more. You, yeah, you do. I mean, there's. You yeah, I've seen movies recently that have that. Yeah. You don't see the bush very often. <laughs> No, you don't. And that that is kind of a rarity because they have to be very careful with that because of them for ratings reasons and all that. So yeah. it tends to steer clear of it because honestly, what's the point? But then a, lot of, you know, a lot of like indie films or independent stuff or foreign stuff, you'll see that more. But anyway, I, wasn't eh. necessary. Like, and then they move the head in between her legs. I'm like, what the fuck? Movie? <laughs> it, this is, it, yeah, go ahead. It wasn't necessary. Like none of none of this was like you could just you could just have her tied up on the table, you strip her naked and call it call it scene and keep going. Like you didn't need and anything of course, else. There's still blood like pouring from his mouth when he's like kissing and touching her and I'm <sighs> bleh. not Everything. like the scene isn't bad enough. Everything with this scene was just completely unnecessary. <laughs> and just like you could easily just cut it and the movie would be just fine. But again, it's the eighties, so I agree, I agree with you. I, I agree actually. I think this is unnecessary. I think if you're going to do this, this is a very carefully done scene. It's very careful, even though it's extreme, right? It This is the movie saying, I'm going to go as far as I can possibly go. We're going to push it as far as we go. We're going to push the shock on this, and we're really going to horrify people. 
this is this kind of scene is when you get into the conversation of context, right? Where is this living in a movie? Because we all know that rape is a is an absolute evil mm-hmm. that is never, never, ever, ever okay and is objectively a bad thing, right? So now that comes the question is like, can you make something like that, put it into a movie with the right context and make it okay? Not good. I can't say good, but make it okay. If it fits the story of a movie for what you're trying to tell and it's a meaning that you're trying to get across, sure, you can have something like that then. It wasn't necessary. No, not in this. I mean, I'm thinking like the movie, which I have not seen. I don't know if it's in there. Promising Young Woman. I'm assuming it has a scene like that in there. But I mean, it can work. Like Veronica Mars. In the show, you have a scene where you don't see it, but she does get raped, which ends up playing to the story about how, how things are affected. Right. And it, 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 you know, at least it, you know, it shows like how, you know, how damaged she is and what it did to her and how she's different than where she was in the first two seasons. Like, okay, but this was just done it just for shock. Like you said, shock value yes. and creepiness. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I actually really do agree with you. For, there's a movie out there, uh, out there. There's a movie called Irreversible foreign film is I've never seen it because the opening of it is about as a 10 minutes, I think. And if I'm misquoting, forgive me, listener, but the, it opens with a rape scene. That's extremely realistic. Yeah, it's, this is a drama. It's a drama movie. And of course the movie, again, after this scene, it's basically about how this woman deals with it. And it's supposedly a very, very good movie, but it's opens with this very graphic. I think it's 10 minutes long rape scene, you know, and let's look clockwork orange clockwork orange has a lot of that in it. And that's one of the top 100 movies ever no, made. Me too. It's, it's, it's a hard watch. It is. I tried watching it a few years ago, and I cl- I'm just, I had to turn it off. And it really doesn't happen watch. very often with me in movies where I'm just like, nope, we're done. Moving off. It's funny. I've Not to get too off back, I've actually seen that movie, I want to say dozens of times. Yeah, maybe dozens of times. I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick fan. Tried to watch it when it came on Netflix a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh my God, I think my sensibilities have changed. I can't do well, yeah, you're, that you're yeah, it's just things change, right? Which is just things change. Anyway, so Irreversible has this scene in it, right? It has a has a rape scene. Now, you may be able to say, okay, that's really hard and not okay, but it supports the story that it's going for. In this scene, you have a headless man. You have a headless body tilting up a head, <laughs> a talking, laughing, dancing head, and performing a sexual act. Almost. Doesn't quite do, doesn't quite go down. Doesn't quite get there. Herb saves the day and saves the movie by doing so. Because if he'd actually, if the head committed that act, that would have been like that would have been like the big line for most people. But since it was, and again, this is I'm trying to be sensitive because this is a sensitive thing. And I do think that if you watch this movie, see that scene and turn it off right away, there is nothing wrong with you, and you have every right to do so because this is not okay. No, and it's just it's very uncalled for. I had know. to wince. I had to, I went through it, and I actually because I've seen it before. I got to the point. I went, "Oh no, we're here. We're at this point." And I, I, I see started, and he, when he starts fondling, I'm like, oh, "I don't know, I don't know." But I, st- I hung in there, and then luckily, it quickly about maybe 15 seconds, and then you're. Yeah, it's not long. Thankfully. It's not long, right? It's yeah. very carefully done, but it's if you're going to do that. I, I, for me, and maybe just rationalizing me not hating this and condemning the entire movie because of it, which you could and be completely right and justified in doing. For me, I may be rationalizing, but it is an event that's impossible. No, this this event, a monster with a human head doing this thing, is so outside the bounds of normal reality, where the scene of irreversible happens every day right and it's, a, it's an evil that exists and real 
that's, I think, where that line for me is kind of drawn, where this is so absurd, I can place it in absurd category and just rationalize it and say, I understand that it's depicting something that's horrific and terrible, but since it's so absurd, I'm just going to put it up there for the 20 seconds that it's on the screen and then go back to enjoying my brutal, gross movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is when Herbert West comes in and confronts the doctor, and I was kind of laughing at the scene oh, because so, good. So, he, so he's standing there. Hmm? Are we past that? You keep falling forward. No, we didn't pass that. That's the part where he's holding no, the head. Are we past what we were talking about? Yes, we had enough of that. Are I think. Sure? Okay. I'm sure. And he's holding the head, but you can see. I'm, a, I'm sorry. Sorry. What? Oh. I was going to ask if Tiff had anything else on that. Oh, do you have anything else to say, Tiff? No. That, no. And then this is when I was laughing at the part where he's holding the head and Herbert West confronts him. And you can, there's a part where you can, like, the body is really fat all of a sudden because the guy is in there, is in is, is under the gown for the head. And there's another guy so in there, too. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's why it's a close-up. You're not supposed to notice it's a big, I mean, it's a big body. You can tell there's two people standing there. And I, okay, I, I was a little surprised when all of a sudden all the naked guys, naked women get up and start attacking. <laughs> Well, one second before we move on to that, I do want to because Herb and Hill have a bit of a conversation. <laughs> Herb and Headless Hill have a have a little convo. Headless Hill. Say again. Headless Hill. I like that. <laughs> That's right. Good old Headless. Headless Hill and Herb have a nice conversation when Herb when Herb walks in, and I wrote in my notes, and then Herb saves the damn movie because again he comes in at the just the right time. Nothing actually happens, you know, except some fondling. Ugh. But nothing actually happens with the head and, you know, that. He walks in and he gives him, like, a tut-tut. Like, Mr. Hill, I'm astonished a man of science like you would be seen doing such a depraved thing. Like, a naughty, naughty man. Like, how dare you? <laughs> and he just blows by the dean. The dean's standing there going, ah. He just walks by the dean, not even worried about that guy. It's <laughs> glorious. Man, he is... <laughs> He is just chef kiss in this movie nearly the entire time. They kind of talk it out. They kind of kind of finally, you know, basically say that kind of gives the uh, little bit of exposition where, oh, because he's going to be famous. You know, Hill says he's going to be famous and I'm going to write this all up in journals. Herb, of course, says, who will believe a talking head <laughs> get a job in a sideshow? <laughs> that was, I laughed on that. I was like, that was good. <laughs> <It's really> good. <sighs> But this is, of course, when he realizes there's a where uh, the head says fatal mistake. The morgue awakes. And like you said, basically attacks everyone. Beforehand, the director said had a big thing, a cornstarch. He said, everyone, just say, jump in the cornstarch real quick before you get on set. Just, just jump in. Make yourself all smoky and gross looking. That's all I got. <laughs> this is when you see Wes be like they tie him down to the bin and start trying to start lasering his head. Yep. Because he wants to, he wants yeah, to lobotomize West so he can then reanimate him. That looks like a blowtorch. I was like, this is a laser. What? <laughs> Either that a blowtorch, or they like glued a Christmas light to the end of a stick. That's the well. <laughs> that's supposed to be Mr. Hill's new laser drill, and they set that up at the very beginning during the dinner. Yeah. When yeah. they start toasting, you got us this new laser drill that's gonna set. You know, it's gonna push forward the push forward our, our scientific research to the next level and it's gonna be amazing thank you for your donation that's where this comes in his laser his laser cutter <laughs> not look like a laser no, no. that's because it wasn't <laughs> it was a christmas lay on the end of a stick <laughs> probably i mean they were you know how much money they had left over at this part <laughs> they spent it all on blood <laughs> <laughs> hey fake blood a gallon isn't cheap i'm sure <laughs> it's quince <quite> dodge and <laughs> or whatever <laughs> 
<laughs> you see him walking around town looking like stealing Christmas lights off of the people's homes. <laughs> Look, we can't we can't afford the damn thing. We just gotta get the Christmas lights. <laughs> we, just, we just need it. <laughs> like the, the Grinch who stole Christmas just kind of like around. This movie ends up getting grosser too, which I'm sure you like this coming apart where yes. you have all the zombies fighting them and then Halsey recognizes that it's his daughter almost getting, you know, that was captured and stuff and yep. in the situation. And he grabs Hill's head and starts squeezing. Yeah. Mm. That was just, that was like, <laughs> <laughs> oof. That was, there goes my blood. Just keep adding. That was gross. <laughs> it is. Anything that's like head crush is so, so gross. It's hard to watch. It's, that's a tough one. And it's, is it a, and again, clearly it's a prop head. Right. But in again, in context, you're in the movie, you're enjoying it, you're watching it. It's things are happening. Your brain will fill in the blank between prop head and real head. And it's effective. I would put a mask over like a styrofoam head and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And actually, what's really the, the what's scary about that is you hear like the creaking, like skull creak like that. The audio of that is really unsettling because if it was just he was just pushing it together. It wouldn't be as unsettling if you didn't hear the. <laughs> uh, so it's n- the next part really confused me. So Dan um, West ends up getting like all of a sudden you have like you have a dead body. You have like it looks like an, in- an intestine jumps out of the guy's yeah. stomach. <laughs> yes. Like is this well, alien? What's going on? Yeah, like you said, and it grabs guess, West and yeah. starts choking him and wraps around his face, his body, and then that's a long intestine. Oh, the, the, the t- long intestine. The intestine is long. Like that. It's no, long as hell. Like ten feet across the room. It's, I, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure it's very, very long. It's, it's, yeah. okay, fine. it's like, fine, six I'll give it to you. Okay. That was the part that I actually <laughs> believed when I saw the intestine. I couldn't <laughs> believe that it was coming to life, but I could believe, yeah, you're right. It is that pretty, it, it is pretty damn long. long. I forget what it is, but it's long as hell. Well, there's two moments that you, you kind of skimmed over one because your favorite character, the cop is when after the head is <laughs> crushed, <laughs> the, the Dean throws it into the hallway and almost decks the cop coming back after his, air quotes, break around with his magazine. And then he <laughs> he just looks down, looks up, and runs away. You, sir, are good at nothing. I hope like, you didn't get paid. <laughs> and then what, ha- no, what, that's what, what happens is that the uh, Hill's body, so, yeah, Hill's, Hill's, sorry, 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 sorry. right, so Dean has head. He's crushing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hill, Hill's body is trying to pull the Dean off of the head. See where we're going here? So what Herb does, he screams, overdose! Puts oh, yeah. two stringes into Headless Hill. Headless Hill, with the overdose, starts skitzing out. That allows Dean to crush the head and throw it out our favorite cop. But, but where then did he get this? He just pulled it out of his back pocket? Yeah, it was didn't... in the room because Headless Hill or Headless Hill had stole all the Medicaid, right. all the uh, stuff. He had it all sitting there. That, of course, is when it very commonly burst open like a Monty Python sketch. Okay, some... I didn't realize it was his body that burst open. I thought it was just yes. one of the bodies. That That's makes Headless Hill's body. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's when the large intestine comes out and grabs uh, Herb. <laughs> I knew it was Headless Guy. It still didn't make sense. I didn't. I think I was just suffering through. Like, oh, God, the movie's almost over. It's almost over. Yay. I mean, that's what's going through my head. I can't pause in the movie. But how much more of this yeah, crap is left? Yeah, he kept pausing it to see how much time was left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did laugh at this part when when West is getting choked by the intestine. He he puts something in the bag and throws the bag at Dan. Says here, t-, and he gives him his note why he's being choked to death. Right. Here's my notes. Research. Yeah. Don't let my don't let my life be for nothing. Here's it, the notes. Yeah. Continue the, the research. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was 
stupid and funny. Don't let his life be in vain. Oh, that's not my... The most unbelievable part is coming up. Well, no. Well, hold on. So, but there's also, uh, I do want to just make one other quick note. I really like the, um, the attention to detail this movie takes because at the very beginning when Herb and Dan are looking for fresh bodies, they're kind of going through the ones in the morgue and they're like, Shung, sh- shotgun blasted ahead. And they're, <laughs> this one, oh, this one's rotten. All of those people are the ones who animate and they all have like one's burnt. You know, one has a shotgun blast on its head. So they're all basically what was set up, you know, an hour beforehand, which I think is a really good. The lady from the beginning that they're like working on her chest. Yep. She's in there. I recognized her boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's fair. God, hey, listen. All right. I I, I did not, but I I figured she was, she was one of the the maniacal. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're at the point where um, Dan and Meg are trying to escape. What about, was it this point that you found ridiculous? No, it's getting there. So it's Dan and Meg, yeah, go ahead. attacked on the elevator. I mean, one is kind of odd that the whole floor is empty, but whatever. That no, that's not the part that's not ridiculous. The part that's is coming up. Attacking the whole floor is empty. Yeah, this is pretty much just kind of going through. They fight, you know, fighting off the the, the monsters, as I put it. This is a pretty, and this all this is really good. It's very desperate, right? They're trying to get out. This was good. Like, yeah, this you is have all, him. Yeah, fighting the zombies, trying to protect Meg. I mean, he grabs a freaking axe at one point out of you know from the place that they have it on the on the don't break you know break the glass. Grabs an axe, he takes out the zombie. Like this is all believable in in the sense of what's happening. Like I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And doesn't Meg get choked or something? Yeah, Meg gets choked by the by by Crispy. Crispy <laughs> Crispy starts choking Meg. Dan can't get her arm off, so he runs to some place to grab an axe from the, a fire axe from like a. Yes. Doesn't run that. But he's the way it bothered bothered me. The way he because wasn't he in the elevator with her? Yes. And so it was almost like he was like, "Oh, excuse me, pardon me, I have to get an axe." <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, pardon me. Now I have to cut off your arm. Bam! Like and the arm is shaking. So, it was just so weird how he was just so slow, and I about it <laughs> and I, I laughed at this part because in the arm like it's sitting like you can like it's supposed to be an arm but there's one part where the arm goes down into the puddle because that's where the arm was sticking out of the you know the guy had put his arm through the hole in the floor and was shaking his arm up and down <laughs> yep. so stop ruining yep. the magic for me there was no magic in this movie babe. <laughs> the magic of hollywood the magic <laughs> the magic of motion pictures <laughs> why did that remind me of andrew ryan just now I, I, I that was a purposeful 1930s. Okay. That's what I heard. I was like, <laughs> but I, I, you just see because there's part of the arm that kept sticking past it, but you could, but you could tell it was just part of the, you know, the prosthetic or the the makeup because you could, you know, it was, you could tell. Like I don't know, there's enough. I'm like, yep, yeah, his arm just he's coming yeah. out the hole. Yeah, fine. What, why waste money on an animatronic arm when you can just have a guy stick it through a hole and be like, <laughs> and shoot and then shoot it at an incredibly low angle for yeah. the hopes that no one sees the hole, right? <laughs> Add more blood. <laughs> well, it's the thing. Every time that there's a scene in this movie where somebody's sticking through a hole, they just put a bunch of blood, like you're saying, <laughs> put a bunch of blood around him. Like, oh, yep, he's, he's hide it. Okay. The part that I was unbelievable is that when he comes downstairs, he's covered in blood. He's carrying Meg. And they let him go in an operating room and try to save her. And I'm like, and she's only wearing a shirt. Like this is the part where the police be like, "Come with us, sir. We'll we'll take her. You're you're coming with us." But isn't he? Didn't he give her his shirt? So isn't he like shirtless, or does he have? A he had a he had a, a t shirt on. Yeah, like oh, a t shirt okay. on. Yeah. But still, like, what part of them aren't going, uh, sir? Why are you covered in blood, sir? What the fuck just happened? Uh, can we get security over here? And oh, we need to take this guy away. He's special. Remember, he can do CPR because it's all he did on her with CPR. And that's it. <laughs> 
and it ties to the beginning. It's all connected. And the fact that the doctors are just watching him as he's trying to save her. <laughs> well, no, I think they they put a little stickery things, the sticky things on them to me, you know to measure heart rate, and they think they try to start an IV, but she's long gone, and you know okay. that's just a, a reiteration from the beginning of the movie. It's a nice little bookend, uh, but he has a solution. Yeah, and then isn't there a second one? So, dun, dun, dun. There's three. <laughs> There's three of these movies, yes. I know. Don't worry. There will not be another one on this podcast. No, no, nah, it's okay. I don't need to see any of those. But, yeah, that's the, the last thing is that he whispers, I love you. He sticks her with the reagent, goes to black, and then before the credits roll, you hear a scream, which means clearly it was success. <laughs> and that's the movie. That's Reanimator, y'all. <laughs> Applaud. And, what the and, fuck did we just watch? Yep, that's what it says. Because <sighs> that's how I felt when this movie ended just now. And I got excited. The credits roll. I'm like, yes, I'm done. There's a bunch of comic book adaptations from this. So if you ever want to do one of those, maybe for your show, you could do that. No, no, I don't. Why not? <laughs> I don't ever want to revisit this. That's probably, they're probably good. I don't know. I don't know who these companies are, but they're fine. This was, this was followed up by two sequels, Bride of Reanimator. And then Beyond Reanimator, one was in 1990 and the other in 20, 2003. I was surprised um, there's all, how, how late the other one was. Yeah, that's yeah. clearly that's kind of like a cash-in. I don't know anything about those other two. They're probably very bad. Yeah, Straight to and, video. Yeah, and the, and the, the, the other movie that, uh, again, Stuart Gordon has done a bunch of stuff. But right after this, he did another Lovecraft adaptation called From Beyond, which I mentioned at the beginning. Which really is like the spiritual successor to Reanimator. So if you enjoy this, um, watch From Beyond. It's more of the same. It's another Lovecraft story that's not about reanimating, but it's uh, pretty good. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to Shelf Stacker Box. And Tiffany, why don't you go first? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the stack, because it's possibility I could rewatch it if. But I don't know. Let's go through the stats. You'll be rewatching it alone. <laughs> There's not even a movie I want to put on while I'm editing. You put this on, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> like, if I'm in bad B-horror movie mood, this is a movie I would probably put on and maybe skip that one particular scene. Yeah. And I forgot. And Okay, and I'll, I'll go next. This is obviously going in the box. I have watched a lot of movies for this podcast so far, and this is one of the worst movies I've, I've ever... Well, no. I have watched a worse movie than this, but different reasons worse. Garbage Pale Kids, but it wasn't for the podcast. <laughs> that was a worse movie. <laughs> this just grossed me out, and I didn't like it. So did Garbage Pale Kids. But that was gross because that movie's just terrible. <laughs> so this was better. I don't know how, but this movie's what? better. But go in the box. I never need to see it again, but we watched it. It was a thing. It existed, and I'm, I'm good. Uh, how about you, Bill? This is going to go on the shelf for me, and this should not be any surprise how much I like no. this movie. This, if, if you know, Tiff, you really said it really well. If if you want just a wonderfully crafted B movie that you can literally, that's as funny as it is gross and is very well acted, very tight, trim screenplay, simple. It's a very simple movie. There's not a lot to it with some just delightfully cheesy effects. Yeah, you have one really questionable scene in there that could really turn a lot of people off and cause them to completely run off the movie. Like I said in my long-winded thing before, you're within your right, and I don't blame you for that because that is a line for a lot of. Skip that scene and be like, boop, boop, boop. yeah, I know. It yeah, actually, <laughs> if you're doing that on like like YouTube, actually, this movie is available for free on YouTube. Like that's how I watched it. 
You can watch it for free in its entirety. <laughs> we could have watched it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was. We had commercials though. Oh well. Oh yeah. I had to I, sign up for a week of Shutter to watch this movie. I have really? a week of Shutter. <laughs> I, I not to get off field. I, I paid the one that's on YouTube for free is the expanded cut. I didn't want to watch the expanded one. Watch the theatrical release, and that was like two bucks. I spent. So I spent what the two bucks the on the expanded cut. What does that mean? Let me show you. So more they not to. Actually, what it is, it actually, actually, when when they did the R-rated version of this, they cut a lot of the gore, obviously, and they replaced it with cut scenes that kind of flesh out the story a bit more and add like side stories. But they're kind of hammered in. What the extended cut does is it it keeps the gore and keeps those scenes. So it's kind of like the full everything reanimator, the full reanimator experience if you if you want it. So it's not like it's more gore. It's, I think <laughs> Mike just gave me this horrified look. <laughs> yeah, and the one I saw online was like a hundred, like an hour forty or something. I'm like, oh, and that's that's too long. This is a trim, like under ninety minutes. I think I forget how many minutes this is. I don't know. Nine it's minutes. under ninety. Yeah, eighty six. So it's an eighty. It's under ninety minutes. It's a perfect length if you if you can stomach the gore, which isn't that bad because it is so silly and so fun. And this is all performances, like. And again, Jeffrey Combs is wonderful in his role. Barbara Crampton is phenomenal in her role. Even the guy who plays Dan is great. Even the dopey cop is great, even though he's in three <laughs> scenes and does nothing but get all turned on by boudoir or whatever he's reading. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is definitely on the shelf, and it's in a special part of the shelf that my kid can't get into. <laughs> no one needs for him to go in there and say, who, what's Reanimator? That looks like a scary movie. He never. <laughs> oh, God. Never needs to see this movie. He'd be in no. so much Oh, he trouble. can see this movie. He can see when he's an adult, he can see this movie, and I'd have no problem with it. Like, oh, dude, it's Reanimator. Of course. It's nonsense. Don't let this affect your brain in any way, shape, or form. So this is... Absolutely going on the shelf. I really do love this movie. And I would absolutely, I, I would do this once every Halloween. This could be like an every Halloween kind of thing. <laughs> if I drank, I bring people along over who do. Hey, we're going to watch Reanimator. Everyone else can drink beers. I'll drink soda pop and we'll have a good time. <laughs> what you do is you also give us some chips and salsa too to go with the movie. Yes, uh, put a, a fake head in like the salsa, right? A reanimator um, buffet. We got it. green juice over here. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, some ecto ecto Kool Aid, right? Ecto cooler, which is UV blue and Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this would be something I would definitely like have like a, a movie night. Gross movie night. We'll, we'll double feature this and, and from beyond. It would be a really fun, fun night of gross out horror. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> you can watch Shutter all by yourself, Tiff, for that week. <laughs> I got to cancel it in a week. Otherwise, they'll charge or me $7. I can recharge it again. So this was actually brought to you because of Patreon. Because people voted for this bullshit for me to watch. We love you. <laughs> I don't right yes. now. <laughs> Uh, so, so little the dollar, you can go vote in our poll. Every month we do a poll. This current month poll is another pilotist episode. Decide what psychic show or detective show we're going to watch. Either Psych, Mentalist, Monk, or Veronica Mars. First episode, and we review it. So you can go vote in there. And Bill, where can people find you at? Oh, yeah. When I'm not watching headless people perform unspeakable acts on, <laughs> on defenseless women. You can find me at a gamer looks at 40. If you've listened to this podcast, uh, Mike has been gracious enough to talk about the show nearly every episode. I do appreciate that. But it's Almost. nearly every. What was that? Every episode, long as I don't forget, which is not yeah. very often. That's fine. I know I, I do appreciate that. The podcast is a, a retrospective on the history of games as told through the stories of people who live them. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's just a collection of stories based on different eras and systems and games. 
and it's trying to get to the heart and soul of the genre, or sorry, genre, the um, the medium as opposed to like the nuts and bolts, which a lot of shows do. It's pretty unique. Had a, a lot of good interviews lately. We're just about to. I'm not sure when this is going to air. Time paradox, but um, this will air October 19th. October 19th. Yeah, so we should be soundly through the Sega Genesis era at that point and going to uh, play destinations unknown from there. So, a gamer looks at 40 on Twitter. Follow, subscribe, and do all the podcast things. You will see a link in the show notes, as always, every episode. <laughs> so definitely go check that out. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Wolby, a.k.a. Mike Thornton, ZP Bite the Blitz, Song to Cool Kids Quad. You'll see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then we're on YouTube, finally. We've been on YouTube now for over a year, but yeah, finally. <laughs> Only audio, but we're there. We're there. And hopefully we'll never co- cover another one of these movies ever again. Oh, <laughs> I don't think like we will. Shut up. No, I did not. <laughs> I would have been okay with Nightmare on Elm Street because that's a good film. It's a good horror film. There's I should have chose Dr. Giggles. That might have went head to head with Reanimator. What the fuck is that? <laughs> have you ever seen Dr. Giggles, Bill? No, I don't think I have. Uh, you should watch it. It's sort of, um, I mean, it's sort of like a horror comedy. He's a dentist. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. That sounds fun. That just, that if sounds there's, if there's, funny, a lot of, there's a lot of teeth like pulling. That's that. That's a weird line for me. <laughs> he uses his drill a lot, and he has this weird. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, now you don't that. like the dentist. I don't need to see this crap. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I would have been good with Poltergeist too. That's an excellent film, and so is again Nightmare on Elm Street. So classic. I just tried. To, I tried. To, you know me. Yeah. I'm gonna try to push you I'm out of your comfort fun. zone if I can. <laughs> And I'm also going to do things that I think would make for a good episode. <laughs> well, a lot of people actually want, like, wanted us to talk about this. They were like, she posted in a horror group. And people like, oh, reanimator, reanimator. <laughs> and then the Patreon, they voted reanimator. So people wanted us to watch this crap. <laughs> this is a beloved, this is a beloved cult. This is a cult classic. This is beloved literally. Crap. I said, this is beloved crap. Yeah, this is, a, this is a cult classic. This is absolutely in that genre, and for a very good reason, which I hope I was able to convey and stand on the side of those who like this movie, and I hope I expressed your love for it accurately, because it's a, it's great. I love this movie. Ah, yeah, you did you did fine. <laughs> oh, thank you. You did better than we did. <laughs> I just wanted to. He just wanted it to be over. <laughs> uh, so that's all I think we need to say tonight, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.